What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another installment of the podcast you are listening to, Talking a Bunch of Hoopla. Now, if you're new, this is a sports podcast from a sports fan to all of you sports fans out there yourselves. So, without all the extra chitter-chatter, let's just get right into it this week. So, big things happened this week, at least in the NFL-wise. You had two kind of noticeable trades that had happened. You had Mohamed Sanu from the Atlanta Falcons going to the New England Patriots. Uh, the Patriots sent a second-round pick to Atlanta, and Atlanta sent over Mohamed Sanu. While Emmanuel Sanders, uh, now former D, uh, D, former Denver Broncos wide receiver, is now going to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the 49ers traded a 2023rd and a 4th to Denver. Endeavor sent, of course, Sanders and a 2025th round pick. Um, I've seen a lot of talk of how people are excited to see uh, Mohamed Sanu and now Tom Brady, you know, now thrown together and, you know, being as a team because they've needed that kind of extra wide receiver help because Tom Brady hasn't played really all that great this year. I mean, he's not played bad at all. That's not what I'm saying. It's just not up to usual, not to the usual Tom Brady standard is all I'm saying because the defense has just been playing outstanding, of course. They have played bad teams, though, which is kind of the thing where it's like you're not really sure if it's like, oh, they're just a good team because, you know, they're playing bad teams or they just are that good. And then when they play these good teams, it's going to be like, oh, they're going to really prove themselves or, you know, whatever the headline people make it out to be. I think having someone like Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots is going to definitely, you know, bolster their wide receiving core. Um... I think it'll give someone, you know, a better receiving option to throw to besides if it's just like a Edelman or, you know, Josh Gordon or any of the running backs out of the backfield. Um, I know Josh Gordon is, isn't currently playing or he's kind of been questionable for a bit. Um, Nikhil Harry's been injured. So I think he'll be coming back in a couple of weeks, I think, or not this week, if I'm sure. So, you know, definitely adding him and then getting those certain players back should hopefully you know, really increase their yardage and potential to push for a playoff run, even though they're going to make a playoff run regardless. But but I also think the bigger trade, in my opinion, is Emmanuel Sanders going to San Francisco, mainly because Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been the best quarterback this year. I mean, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been up to the, you know, standard to where he's getting paid at or where people think he should be. Um, I think last game he only threw like 100 you know, 50 yards or something like that through an interception. Didn't play all that great. You know, the 49ers only put up nine points against the Redskins, which I thought was weird, but nonetheless. I think Emmanuel Sanders will definitely really give Jimmy G a better option to throw to because even though San Francisco's running game has been pretty good as of late, you know, they really need help in that passing game. And sure, Emmanuel Sanders is older in age, but not. He's not, like, super old, I think, still. So have plenty of time left. And his career, so I think he'll really help, you know, the 49ers make a good run. Um, especially later in the season now that they're starting, you know, they're going to start playing these tougher teams sooner or later. So, you know, but what are your thoughts? How are you feeling if, you know, if you're a Denver fan or Atlanta fan? What are your thoughts on this? You know, are you guys ready to rebuild? Are you guys kind of just like, we're going to just suck this season and then just deal with it and hopefully start to rebuild next year? Um, big news, though. I'm sure as a lot of people also know, the NBA is officially back. So last night you had the uh, LA Lakers versus the LA Clippers battle for the Staples Center this year. 
And then you also had the Pelicans versus the Raptors. Now, for the Lakers versus Clippers, uh, LeBron James went 7 for 19, had 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 18 points. Uh, and, uh, Anthony Davis went 8 for 21, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 25 points. Danny Green, though, was the really big, you know, player of the night for the Lakers. Going 10 for 14, having 7 rebounds and 28 points. Um, and on the other side, for the Clippers, you had Kawhi Leonard, who had 30 points. He went 10 for 19, went 9 for 10 on free throws, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. You know, Lou Williams was playing well as well. He went 8 for 14, 4 for 4 on free throws, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 21 points. I know I had seen some, like, you know, the analysts on ESPN or, you know, Fox or whoever covers, you know, basketball and on YouTube and whoever posts on there or not, kind of criticize LeBron James, you know, how he wasn't playing aggressive, he wasn't playing up to the standard of what LeBron James is, you know? And I think everyone should remember, it's literally the first game of the season. Can we all just kind of, like, chill out for a second? Um, obviously, LeBron and any other player in the NBA is going to have not the greatest night. And it wasn't like they were blown out. They had only lost by, I believe, 10 points. So it was still a close game. Obviously, there's always room for improvement. But again, it's the first game of the season playing with a lot of these new guys that he hasn't really played with before. So, you know, hopefully, as long as they stay away from injuries and just play well, they should be able to make a deep playoff run. But again, anything is possible. Now, Kawhi Leonard, I didn't, again, I didn't watch the game, so I just kind of caught highlights because I wasn't around to be able to watch the game. But from what I saw, I mean, Kawhi Leonard was just being Kawhi Leonard. He was just, you know, really dominant on the floor. And sure, I mean, even without Paul George for the time being, you know, he's still dominated in having, you know, Lou Williams and the other guys on his team, Patrick Beverly and so on and so forth, Montrezl Harrell. You know, they're going to be playing well, and I think... They'll personally do better than the Lakers this season. Uh, I, I feel not that I feel like the Lakers are overrated. I just don't think that the Lakers are going to be like crushing it as everyone hopes they're going to be. You know, obviously having Antonio uh, Antonio Brown. My mind's on football. I apologize. Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You know, and things like that. So, I mean, obviously, if Danny Green keeps playing the way he does, then I'm sure they'll definitely kind of masks. You know, if AD or you know, LeBron have a bad game and he steps up, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But on the other side, for the Pelicans and Raptors, you had Brennan Ingram going 8 for 19, uh, 4 for 4 on free throws, 5 rebounds, 5 assists on 22 points. J.J. Redick went 6 for 9, 4 for 6 on 3 pointers, 2 rebounds and 16 points. Now, I'm sure uh, the Pelicans definitely were hurt that, you know, Zion Williamson had surgery and he's out for 68 weeks. Which now, I believe the report is that he's now the fourth number one overall pick to miss his season opener. You had like Greg Oden, uh, Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, and now Zion Williamson. Now for the Raptors side, you had Pascal uh, Sikum, or Sikum, I can, can't pronounce his last name. And so, if you follow this podcast at all, if you listen to any other episode, my name pronunciation is utter garbage. So, Pascal, though, went 11 for 26, had 18 rebounds, 5 assists, and 34 points. Kyle Lowry didn't do all that great, but he still put up decent points. He went 4 for 15, uh, 3 for 11 on 3-pointers, 11 for 13 on free throws, 5 rebounds, and 6 of 6 on 22 points. Fred Van Fleet, though, went 12 for 18, 5 for 7 on 3-pointers, 5 for 6 on free throws, 
had five rebounds, uh, seven assists, and 34 points. Now, I think I've said it before, though, that I think the Raptors are going to play a lot better than people expect. Sure, they were playing the Pelicans, and they're not the greatest team. And, you know, they obviously are without their star player, of course. So it's like... But again, having Pascal and Fred Van Vliet um, play the way they did, and if they continue to do it, they'll probably, you know, sit, sit toward the top of the, you know, Eastern Conference, of course. You know, they still have teams to deal with, like the Buck, you know, the Bucks. And, you know, the, uh, the Heat, you know, depending on how Jimmy Butler does and things like that. And the Celtics and Nets and so on and so forth. So, overall, though, just from reading off the stats and just from seeing highlights and everything, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors did. I, I can see them going back to the, the NBA Finals. I know that's kind of a stretch. Obviously, having, you know, no longer having Kawhi lead the way this time. But I think... They still have their core players still back from last season, so it's not like they're missing a whole lot. Sure, having not having Danny Green or Kawhi Leonard definitely, you know, like subtracts, you know, that. But, you know, I feel like all it is is as long as you stay consistent and at least the, as long as the team is really behind each other to like, all right, you know, sure, we're going to have bad nights, but as long as most of our nights are more positive than, you know, negative then then you should re really be fine as long as you have that chemistry you know you guys are really behind each other i think anything is possible so i think they also would want to pull together more because now they're all right you know everyone's starting to think all right we only got here because of Kawhi, so let's prove to them we can do it also without him as well so i think that'll be a cool storyline but let me know your thoughts all my social medias and all that will be down below so we can discuss talking all that jazz is the world series so as if you know you aren't a baseball fan uh, the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros are now in the World Series. Uh, you know, if you missed the Yankees versus Astros game, Jose Altuve hit a walk-off home run to end the Yankees' uh, season. And now, I believe it marks the first time in like in a decade span, over a hundred years, that the Yankees haven't appeared in the World Series. Uh, the last time they did, I believe, was 2009 when they won, so... But that just tells me that, alright, the 20s are coming back. They're going to just dominate the 20s and then repeat all of that. But on to the first game, though, of the World Series. You had Juan Soto go 3 for 4, had 3 RBIs and 1 run. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman went 1 for 4, had an RBI and also a run. And Adam Eaton went 2 for 4, had 1 RBI. On the opposite side, for the Astros, you had George Springer going 2 for 3, 2 RBIs and 2 runs. Uh, Jordan Alvarez went two for three, and then Jose Altuve went one for five and had one run. So, again, it's only game one, so it's not like I'm going to like super dissect everything because, again, I wasn't around to watch that game either. I know some sports podcasts where I'm not able to watch the sports games. I know. That sounds terrible, but, hey, I'm sorry. Work, life just gets in the way. But I'll watch game two. It's on tonight, so I'm here. I'm around. But, um... I, you know, I would personally like to see the Nationals win a World Series, uh, mainly because it'll be their first in history, and also just to prove to people that, you know, obviously they made it this far without Bryce Harper this year, and he was such a big part of that team for so long, and now that he's on the Phillies, and they were not able to make it this year, and to prove that, you know, how one player, at least in baseball, can really just change the dynamic of everything, and also in his press conference, when he was going into the Phillies, 
was how he wanted to bring a you know a championship back to DC, and him putting that energy out there is kind of proven like hey, Bryce Harper, we didn't really need you, sir. So we would give you a ring, but you didn't stay. So sorry, but you know I hope the best for both teams. Like I said, I want the Nationals to win just because it would be a nice kind of story to see them, you know, get their first and things like that. But um, on to the NFL again, though, once once again, just kind of to go back to that for a second. The trade deadline is the 29th of this month, and there's still some big names that we see around, you know, up for trades. You have Trent Williams, uh, offensive lineman for the Washington Redskins, Nate Soldier of the Giants. You know, you have Von Miller of the Denver Broncos. You have A.J. Green of the Bengals. And among other players like that. Personally, I don't think Von Miller is going to go anywhere. Because I think the asking price is going to be a lot. And, you know, giving up their top player on their team is going to be hard for them to do. Especially because I would imagine they still would want to rebuild around him. Even though I believe he just turned 30 or is, like, at 30 years old already now. That, you know, he still has plenty of years left to play, and I think he still has some good football left in him. Because Denver Broncos aren't really going to achieve much this year. Uh, their offensive line is just not, just not it this year. Uh, they've had a decent running game with Royce Freeman and uh, Philip Lindsay and all, but watching that Chiefs game against, you know, Denver Broncos and seeing Joe Flacco just get hit after hit after hit, and it's just getting demolished and having no time to even, like, throw the ball, it's, they're not going to get far with that. But again, as much as I love Joe Flacco, being a Baltimore Ravens fan, him helping the Baltimore Ravens get a Super Bowl, you know, I, I obviously didn't think he was their answer. You know, I think they tried to, like, kind of recreate, in, a, in to an extent, what they did with Peyton Manning, you know, getting that older quarterback to come in and really, like, you know, lead the team to a future. But again, if you don't have the right pieces around you know, Joe Flacco, then it's going to be tough because he's not a very mobile quarterback. He's still very, like, pocket passer, can't really move a lot, and then it's like, well, pocket collapse as well. It's like, well, I'm going to get sacked or I'm going to hopefully toss away so I don't either get it, you know, intercepted or, you know, at least throw it out so I don't get, you know, sacked or anything like that. But I can see A.J. Green getting traded. I don't think he will, though, but I, I wouldn't be surprised because it's... Cincinnati Bengals need some help. They're just not... They're not it. I mean, they haven't really been good as of late. Sure, they've had good seasons in between the last 10 years or so. But, again, that's not producing any playoff wins. Even though with the change of Marvin Lewis as a head coach. And that right now they're 0-7, I believe. So, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I mean, they're in a rebuild mode. But it's not really... I don't actually... I don't really know what they're doing. I'm sure they'd want to rebuild them. If they're actually tanking, as if I'm assuming they are, as are the Dolphins and Redskins, that they're going to try to get some top player in the draft. But even though a lot of the players coming out are going to be quarterbacks again and defensive players, and you have some offensive linemen kind of in between all that, but it's not as much as previous years, of course. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, I know Trent Williams really wants to lead the Redskins. Uh, from my understanding, he's just really unhappy there. And, you know, with that... Um, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, same thing with Jalen Ramsey. He was injured for a couple weeks because he was like, I'm kind of just over being in uh, Jacksonville. And he obviously wants to play for a winner. And, you know, I, I it's it's tough because I imagine teams obviously would want to keep some of their top players. But it's also one of those things where if the player's unhappy, then their performance is going to lack. And then now, sorry about that. I had to switch batteries because uh, my camera died because that's how I'm recording the podcast 
Uh, but back to what I was saying, you know, having teams like the Redskins and their players like Trent Williams who are looking for trades because they're not a good team and they're not happy, it's like you're in a tough bind because you're, like, not sure if you should trade them, but also you'd want to keep them to try to at least try to build around them again to at least give them a chance, you know, to, to win. But again, with teams like the Redskins lately and the Dolphins, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And my opinion, though, with the Dolphins, and I'm sure that once the draft comes around, they're going to try to get Tua, quarterback from Alabama. That's great. He's one of the best quarterbacks in college football right now, but I personally don't see him doing super great in the NFL. I don't, not that I can, again, not that I'm saying he's a bad quarterback. I just don't think he will transition well into the league. Um, I just think that just being on a team like Alabama and be, being able to do as well as he has, it's going to be tough going from that to now dealing with a team that's really bad in that they really don't have the best players in front of you blocking and you're going to have to, like, suck shit for a bit. And that's what sucks about Josh Rosen. I At least when I, I remembered when he was trying, like, all right, you know, he's out of the Cardinals. They're kind of not doing anything. Now, hopefully he can kind of get a chance to redeem himself in Miami. But, again, with they're pretty much kind of just trading Larry Tunsil and Kenny Stills and, they're kind of just giving up on the season and having Ryan Fitzpatrick start. It's just kind of just like, well, we're we're kind of just done. We're gonna just ride the bottom till the to the to the most possible length that we can get to, and try to get like a top pick in the draft. But again, with football, sure that's great that you can get a top pick. But again, it's whether or not you can really utilize that player and build something around him to actually give them a chance to be better. You know, it's. I don't. It's tough. I don't know because they, again, they may not go for a quarterback. They may, you know, they may go Chase Young at Ohio State. You know, they may go someone else on defense. They may go offensive line. We don't. I mean, most likely they're going to go quarterback. But again, if you have nobody really protecting you all that well, it's kind of useless. So I, I don't, I don't know. But again, let me know your thoughts. You know, what do you think about teams like the Dolphins and Redskins and, you know. All those other teams that are tanking for like those top picks that are historically aren't really going to do a whole lot with these players unless they turn it around next season like dramatically. But one of the other things I've seen recently, at least within the last like 12 to 24 hours, is a lot of talk about Tom Brady. Um, mainly how this may be his last season with the Patriots, and he, you know, was asked, oh, whether or not this is his last season. He's like, I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we're only eight weeks in the season, so obviously I'm sure he's not really focused on the end of the year. He's more focused on like making sure that they stay undefeated and him playing to a high level and then making sure that like they win a Super Bowl because that's obviously the end goal of every season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though if he retired. Uh, I mean, he like I said earlier in the podcast, he hasn't statistically been at his best as of late, but... We'll see with the addition of Muhammad Sanu and obviously his other receivers coming back and other players slowly starting to come back from injuries and see how they do then. But, again, they're still undefeated, so it's not like they're really doing that bad at all. You know, if he does retire, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he, you know, how the Pages do without him. Because then you're really going to see a test if it's whether, all right, is, it, was it really Belichick doing all of this or was it Tom Brady elevating the team? You know, because it's always a conversation, oh, well, 
Belichick's only really doing good because of Tom Brady and then vice versa with Tom Brady's only really doing good because of Belichick. So it's like, we're really going to see the test. And I've heard some things where it's like, oh, this may be his last season with the Patriots, but he'll play somewhere else. I honestly do not believe that Tom Brady's going to go to another team after this. I would be really surprised him playing all these years with the Patriots and then him going to a team like Jacksonville or, you know, whatever team wants to get him and pay him a shit ton of money, so... You know, I think he'll retire a Patriot, and I think he'll, if he does end this season, that the Patriots will probably trade for a quarterback at the end of the year, or we'll try to draft somebody in next year's draft and then see how that goes. But, you know, their history of drafting quarterbacks late with, obviously, Tom Brady, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett, you know, lately have been pretty good, so I'm not really like just acting like they're going to just, oh, they're, they're done or they're over. I mean... Sure, they have, um, I think, Jared Stidham from Auburn that they drafted last year as the backup currently, but it's not like he's going to just step in and just flourish, I don't think. But, you know, I don't think they'll be able to find any replacement ever that really kind of just to live up to that Brady kind of standard that the Patriots have. But, I mean, as long as, they, you know, their defense is solid and, you know, their running game keeps the weight up, you know, keeps up the way it is, and their quarterback will just be, you know, just be whoever, and they'll be able to, you know, be fine with any quarterback they had. Because even when Tom Brady went down, Matt Castle still went 11 and five. Yes, they did not make the playoffs, of course, but they still played really well with Matt Castle, even though he's not really the greatest quarterback. So, but I mean, personally, I don't give a shit if Tom Brady retired or not. I'm kind of looking forward to it. It'll just be nice to see, you know, the NFL without Tom Brady for a bit, because everything is so much about him and. You know, he blows his nose a certain way, and everyone just has a fucking freak out about it. And it's like, kind of over it now, you know. I mean, obviously, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Debatably the greatest, but again, I'm not going to have that argument right now. With some of you, kind of know you Pages fans are Tom Brady everything. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be fine because Belichick has had a proven history even before Tom Brady that, you know, that he's done well. I mean, he's won with the Giants. He did all right with the Browns when he was coaching them. And he I'm sure he would have been fine with the Jets if he... Oh, sorry. If he, you know, if he'd stay there. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But, um, let's see my notes. I don't know if I have anything else to talk about. I don't... kind of, kind of crushed everything. I mean, I could talk about some, like, Heisman stuff. But I think Jalen Hurts is going to win. He's been playing phenomenally and his work ethic and how the team has kind of rallied behind, rallied behind him so, you know, early on and how well Oklahoma's played. I think he's pretty much gotten the bag. I think it's his to lose, honestly, especially because, you know, Char Lawrence hasn't been playing super great as of late. I mean, he's still playing good, but I feel like people thought he was going to, like, really just crush this season, but obviously that hasn't really happened, so... I think that's it for today. Uh, I know this is one of the shorter episodes. Let me, well, let me see before I continue, before I just cancel this out. Um, I think one of the things I was thinking about talking about that I didn't really write down in my notes was I haven't seen anything as of late about anything, but you know, there, every few years it's always, at least the last couple of years, it seems like the, the, more, the topic of having gay athletes or transgender athletes in sports has been more of a kind of a bigger topic than it has been, which I think is good, but also how people portray it is not how I expect it to be. When I'm in, what I mean is, 
you know, seeing players like Jason Collins and Michael Sam. Jason Collins was a former basketball player, played, I think, 12 to 15 years in the NBA. And then you had Michael Sam, who was uh, coming out of Missouri, and then he came out as gay, and then didn't last too long in the NFL. And you've had a, you've had some he's like soccer players over the last couple of years, and you've had more like kind of collegiate and high school players come out and things like that. And more, you know, female athletes are also have been coming out as late. You have, you know, I think it's great for the sport. And I know, I know people will say, oh well, what's the big deal? You know, who cares? you know, about, you know, who they love or their sexuality and things like that. And to an extent, I get what you're trying to say, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is just how I, my perspective on it, even though I'm just a straight white guy. It is a big deal because in a sport like that, we are constantly around these people 24-7 and how still religious, you know, based this world is, whether it's Christianity, whether it's, you know, people are Muslim or, you know, Hindu or whatever they identify as religiously that it's still people still have a problem with gay and transgender people in this country and so that seeing you know if you're at least speaking as a male that you're a male athlete and you are you know you identify as gay or you know you're bi or pan or you're asexual or whatever you identify as that I would imagine that it would be kind of uncomfortable saying it to everybody because you, you I'm sure you will have teammates that are still very like god first and you know they're very you know strict with the bible and things like that and how they i'm sure how a lot of players talk about women and treat women behind the scenes that we don't see a lot that they were that you're going to be judged or you know you may lose your job or something like that can happen or worse because of you know what you identify as you know obviously in my opinion i don't think people choose this they're people it just it just is you know you don't pick who you love it's just what it is but nonetheless you know, I think with, you know, with years to come, I think the more, I think sports will slowly become more accepting of players who are transgender and identify as gay or whether, whatever, or non-binary or however, you know, any different kind of identification that people, you know, have with themselves. I think it'll slowly get there, but it'll still be a long process that it'll take a while for really sports to really open up. And what I think will really, you know, kind of, spearhead the change on that is if you have someone like a LeBron level type player or someone who's still like a more known figure who comes out as gay and is still very prominent you know within the gay community or just in pop culture in general that it's like hey sure you know I'm gay but I'm more than that I'm an athlete I'm a philanthropist I'm a activist I'm a father I'm a mother I'm this I'm that it's like like LeBron James, obviously he's a basketball player, but he's so very like political driven, and he's all about like you know human rights, and showing that he's more than just a basketball player, that he's a human being, that he's able to express his feelings and still be who he is without just being labeled one thing. And I feel like that's what anybody wants, especially when it comes to sports. You know, you shouldn't let your, you obviously you you'd hope that you wouldn't let your you know sexual orientation define you, but people in the media and people out in the world will do that for you because that's a whole other thing but you know obviously I do support you know gay athletes and transgender athletes in sports and then you have not the, the topic of you know whether or not you know transgender you know athletes should be in their respective you know uh, gender association sports you know whether it's female to male playing in a male sport or male to female playing in a female sport that's a more tricky topic that I'm not super verse on just yet so like I'm not gonna get into that but again I support people. My whole thing is, you know, though, is 
people just being who they want to be and being able to do and live the life that they want to live. You know, if they feel more comfortable in a, in a male's body or a female's body or, in a, you know, they identify as non-binary or they love men or they love women or they love whoever, they should be able to. It's, you, know, I, you know, I feel like we get one chance in this world just to be who we are and live the life that we want. And as long as you're not hurting anybody else, as long as you're not really committing crimes or, you know, doing heinous things, then I feel like you should... You should be able to, you know, live a life where you're not criticized and beat up or killed because of what you identify as and who you love. Because I just feel like that's stupid at this point. But again, that's getting more political and off topic. But, you know, again, my hope, though, is that, you know, at least more, you know, big name players at least speak out in, you know, in support of, you know, more transgender and gay athletes. Because then that'll also help, you know, other, you know, just fans and other young kids and whoever just understand it. Like, these aren't bad people. They're just regular people who just want to play, you know, sports or do music or whatever. So, but again, that's just my opinion on all of that. On all of that excuse me. You know, I hope I at least was making sense on all that because, you know, I try my best here with all that. I'm also kind of, that was kind of just spur of the moment with that. But again, but let me know your thoughts on all of this, you know. Or anything I talked about today or, you know, anything you want to talk about in the future, all of my social media, you know, um, handles will be down below. And also, if you enjoy this podcast and you're wondering where you can listen to it, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, you know, Anchors, where I host it. YouTube, of course, as if you're watching it. And, and many more, wherever podcasts are sold or listened to and all that. Um, but most of them will be in the links down below as well. Um, in the coming weeks, I'm going to post it on SoundCloud as well. So that'll be another avenue of availability for listeners. I'd also appreciate it if you, you know, you shared it, you rated it on iTunes or, sorry, Apple Podcasts. Still getting used to that. You know, you followed it and shared it with your friends and family. That would be appreciative because then so we can build this podcast up to rule the world and be the number one sports podcast in the world. Because that's, that's obviously the goal. I want to be one of the better podcasts. But again... I'm also looking into bringing in other people on just to kind of get a better conversation going so it's not just me talking to myself for 25, 30 minutes and I can, you know, have other people of different opinions and feelings and such on sports come in and just have a conversation. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or watch it. Uh, yeah, you know, again, all, all links are in the description, blah, blah, blah. And I will see you next Wednesday. Have a good rest of your week, and, you know, hopefully all your teams win this week. Unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, then sorry. Then I'm sorry. I don't have to tell you, but you should lose. All right. See you all next week.